0: And it's also easy to visit YouBreakiFix.com forward slash franchising and learn more about your big break at your very own YouBreak iFix. Hey, this is Arthur Hardy with the Mardi Gras God. I'm all with Tina and Jeff for Pure Truly
1: live from new orleans home of good food good music and tons of fun this is tina and jeff with floors truly hey jeff hello hello happy tuesday and happy Uh, march
2: happy march it's march and spring it's time to get ready to roll. and i tell you what tina speaking of rolling last night history was made do you know what happened the pelicans won the pelicans won and not only did they win But they beat the team with the best record in the entire NBA. So everybody talks about, you know, the Lakers and Rockets and this and that. Doesn't matter. The Utah Jazz are destroying people. They've lost seven games this year until last night where they lost their eighth against the New Orleans Pelicans. And I got to tell you, that's pretty exciting. We're getting ready to be right at the end of the first half of the season. We're going into the All-Star break here Really, at the end of this week, it's coming up fast. We've got games uh, Thursday night this week, We've got a, game, uh, a Wednesday night game, Thursday night game. double doubleheader. <laughs> doubleheader. And then we roll into the all-star break. Pelicans won't play again until the 11th. But I tell you what, I'm pumped up about it. Last night, a couple of interesting statistics. The first one is the Pelicans only had 11 three-point attempts in the game. Okay. He was three, in a game by any, 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 any team <laughs> by any winning team in the last four seasons, no team has won a game in the NBA shooting that few attempts and they only made seven, you know, um, but, but they, they made seven of 11 fewest by a winning team in the NBA in four seasons. That's crazy. But here's a really crazy statistic. The Pelicans last night had 74 points in the paint. That is the most scored in the paint against the Utah Jazz in a quarter of a century, 25 years. That's how long it's been since a team was able to score 74 points in the paint. And I tell you what, this I'm only is,
1: 25 years old. So that's not that
2: old. <laughs> this team is built to do that. So I yes re- that's
1: that is I, awesome. I, I saw I really that stat about the three point attempts. I was like, wow. I was like, that's crazy. But it's, look, I know Pelicans fans are excited. I know y'all were poking those voodoo dolls last night,
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. hoping for that oh, yeah. win. Exactly. And that's, the, that's what we we needed, a signature win. We needed something to really hang their hat on. And they've hung with the Bucs. They hung with the Bucs the other night and had a really sour end to the game uh, that ended up in a loss. But they, they, they beat Detroit. They had a sour loss against uh, uh, Milwaukee. They're hanging with the teams they need to hang with. They're losing some games that they really shouldn't lose. And they are losing some games that they should lose. But almost every time this team is losing by just a handful of points. We're not talking about blowouts. I think we've only seen probably three of those this season. And that says a lot about this team kind of gelling. And you're not sitting in that bad of a spot if you want to make a run at the playoffs. And last night tells you that anything can still happen in this sport. There might be more parity than people might think. So and
1: I and and Zion gave an interview, I think it was like what, two or three days ago, where he said he believed the team was close to turning a corner. And yeah. I, I feel like I mean I only saw the highlights. I'll be honest. I didn't catch the whole game, but I did see the highlights. And uh you know Ball and Redick looked really good.
2: Yeah. And Reddick had a Reddick had a, a key game last night. Uh really Made some important shots, a couple of four-point opportunities he took advantage of, and people have been concerned about what's Lonzo Ball doing, what's J.J. Redick doing. These are two solid players, and Ball is still a guy that is growing into his position in the league. And I think that uh, what you saw last night was kind of a blossoming, and you're starting to see this team communicate. For so long, Brandon Ingram was having to carry 90% of the load, and you had you know Zion that was really starting to up and come, but now Zion is handling that load in the middle. Ingram doesn't have to be the only guy scoring, and now you're starting to really see that support cast do what they do best, and I am very excited about it. We'll watch Zion participate in the NBA All-Star Game, the slam dunk competition, which he's very coy about, by the way, but uh, I'm excited, and I'm ready to continue on because, of course, you know, baseball season is starting, which, you know, LSU, Tulane, all of that down here, but my Cubbies, they've already won their first game in spring training. But, uh, you know, I guess, I guess uh, I'm going to, I'm going to really stick behind the Pelicans right now. Baseball's still a little ways down the road.
1: Now you confused me just now, because I remember reading something earlier today that they said Zion was not participating in the all-star game so is he or,
2: Ooh, or was did... there a change
1: i what i read something i don't remember where it was it might have been on yahoo sports it said he wasn't participating in the slam dunk contest and uh it was uh, I, like i said forgive me because i didn't you know kind of just scan through it all but uh you just confused me because i was like well i because i know that's a big blow i mean you know zion's yeah, a, a big no, draw
2: that is actually news that has broken within the last uh, within the last couple hours here. So that's very interesting. See, you are staying on top of things, Tina, with the Pelicans. I'm, I'm trying mean, for all listeners, not... the
1: Pelicans fans. I lo- I love my city. I love my team. I'm trying to be supportive and to learn about the game. It's just I was born and raised into a football family, so that's well, what look, I'm, I follow.
2: I, I'm personally excited that he's not going to do it. Anything that keeps him from having an opportunity of hurting himself, I'm for it. Let him shine in the All Star game. Let him take this off of. You know, he doesn't need the slam dunk comp- competition. There's enough of that stuff that'll be going on. Plus, that happens in the halftime of the game this year anyway. So, I- I'm not too worried about it. We'll see him in there soon enough. But I'm telling you, what we're watching him throw down. He had one last night, an LA U from half court. He grabs what seemed like 12 feet above his head and puts it down. And that's something I don't even, I think that we saw Anthony Davis do a little bit, but not until he was further into his career than what we're seeing from Zion right now. That's exciting.
1: And from the marketing end of it,
2: because that's where my experience
1: is, obviously on on the end of uh, marketing and just sports and just the networking and everything. I feel like Zion is everything that Anthony they wanted Anthony Davis to do here. He has embraced the city. He is the face of the franchise. He's coming forward and just doing all the things that we that feel like Anthony Davis never did. And I know when he left new Orleans, that fans were very, very upset the way that it all went down. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, he still hasn't actually issued a, a goodbye statement to new Orleans. I see the memes and the jokes. Is that correct? Am I wrong on that?
2: That is, that is correct. And he's never had a nice thing to say about the city that really cared about him for so long. But you see, when you go to Los Angeles, that seems to happen. I don't worry about Zion leaving to go to LA or New York anytime soon. I think he loves being the big fish in the small pond. And I think he's got a desire to take this team, this franchise to the next level. Something Anthony Davis really didn't have.
1: And he's, like I said, he's doing everything that, that the team would have wanted in a player like that. Somebody that is is a star of the team that they can build around. And he's just, every interview I've seen with him, he's smart. He's funny. He just seems to love it here. And of course, you know, we, we love him. So I'm, I'm proud of the Pelicans keep doing great. I will continue my, uh, my venture into, uh, Pelicans basketball fandom <laughs> because I do want to support the team. I don't want to just kind of like read a little bit of the information online and catch the highlights. So I know you're proud of me, Josh. It is a,
2: it is, I am very proud of you. (laughs) And especially since your football team is owned by the same woman who owns the basketball team, we all have a vested interest in it. And the jazz is an interesting subject because the jazz is the team we lost because people were so hard set on football people were even more hard set on baseball and and the jazz took off and And we have to watch a team with our name playing out of Utah. And
1: in all honesty, Jeff, being a Saints fan, you know that they are the cardiac kids and they give us a hard time. So I have never, ever been able to put forth the effort and energy into cheering for another team in any sports because the Saints just take so much out of me. So that's one of the reasons why I just, I know how I am so passionate about being in in the watching saints and, and being a season ticket holder and going to games and, to, to do that for LSU or the Pelicans or the, the, um, uh, their name, just, I want to say baby cakes and we don't say that name, but <laughs> who they were before. Cause that's the, the last thing that came on my head. But, but I mean, like all the teams that we've had here through the course of the years, I just, I never could really invest all that time and energy into it. Cause the saints literally just wipe me out. I take the whole off season just yeah. to get over everything. Well,
2: <laughs> you have to stop doing that. That is I a fatal flaw of NFL fans. And that reminds me, talking about supporting our local sports. March the 6th, it is opening day for the NOLA Gold rugby team. We talked about them a little bit. They've been coming up the last couple of years. This is an exciting sport. This is a cool thing to watch. And now the NOLA Gold have turned the former Zephyr Stadium into their home. It is the it is the gold mine. I'm it glad you now. said
1: it because it was in my their, brain. I couldn't. Their
2: offices are there. The, the, <laughs> I
1: was like, what was players. it
2: before the baby case? It, it was it, driving me insane. It was so Zephyr that. Field, Zephyr which is what it ne- always was to me. It never changed to anything else. But and I tell people, check out the Nola Gold. If they're coming, you know, if you've got rugby, if you've got professional rugby in a town that's close to wherever you are, but especially if you're in New Orleans. Get out and experience that the tickets are inexpensive and it's a really good time. And you're watching some serious athletes. You talk about hard hitting sport that the NFL is and people who complain about the NFL being soft. Go watch some rugby and tell me if you think the same thing.
1: And speaking of sports in New Orleans, did you see that video that Drew Brees and Todd Durkin posted on Twitter the other day that has Saints Twitter literally
2: going insane? It seems to have the media abuzz. These yes, last Saints Twitter
1: is going crazy. They're like, what is Drew doing? What's going on? He doesn't look like a guy that's going to retire. How are we going to get Russell Wilson? Because you know, R- Russell Wilson came out and named the four teams that he'd be interested in being traded to. Now, he has a no-trade clause in his contract. But he came out and said that the Saints were one of the teams. So, of course, Saints Twitter, Saints fans are excited. They're thinking we have a shot. Well, Drew Brees hasn't even officially announced his retirement yet. So is he changing his mind? Did he ever decide to actually retire? And then the crazy thing is there's a little Twitter war going on between New Orleans Mayor Cantrell and Seattle's mayor going back and forth, like leave our quarterback alone because she came out with a hype video welcoming them, welcoming them to, the, to the city of New Orleans, telling them how much we love our Saints and we support them and that they'd be welcomed here And I kind of was like on the fence with that. I said, well, I get, I get her point, you know, being enthusiastic, but also it's a little disrespectful to Drew Brees. Who's been, you know, the face of the city and the team for so long, he hasn't even
2: announced his retirement. It's extremely disrespectful. And I I am more upset about that than anything else that anybody else is upset with Latoya Cantrell about. That was a, that was tasteless. And you wait for Drew to make his decision. And look, I think we all understand he's probably not playing this year. What, what do we say about Drew Brees? He's a master of marketing. He's a master of keeping his name out in, in the field. Right. Yeah. And that's all part of his branding. And He's
1: an athlete and and he's a competitor and he's not going to just stop working out and, you know, eat ice cream and fried chicken every single day. He's a competitor. He likes to work out. He's, he has a very good relationship with Todd Durkin. If anybody knows, they're always, they were always working out together in the off season. Drew works out with a lot of players for other teams in the off season. It's, he always posted it on his social media page. So to see this video from me, from him, I wasn't really like, Oh my goodness, what is he doing? I just like, okay, Drew's keeping in shape. Now, does that mean he's coming back? I don't know. Everything we've heard and my crystal ball, including is Drew is going to retire, but this video's got everybody in up in arms and nobody knows what's going on and we still don't even know. Let's just say if Drew doesn't retire, does he come back and play for that 1 million dollar contract that he renegotiated with? What's going to happen with Jameis Winston? If he doesn't retire, it that the the quarterback carousel in the NFL right now is absolutely insane. There and was look, news that broke yesterday about Teddy Bridgewater possibly going to the 49ers. I mean, we right? just we don't know at this point I wouldn't even want to speculate. I don't want to put my name out there to even speculate what's going to happen with teams because it is all over the place. Do I, would I, would I like Jameis Winston to be the quarterback of the Saints? Yes, I would. I'm not going to push Drew out the door if Drew can come back 100% healthy because Russell Wilson right now is the pipe dream to me. That's the, I want to, I'd love to have a Azaravi one day, but I mean, to, to give up three first round draft picks and, you know, a pro bowl type caliber player that that's what they're going to want. Seattle's going to want that. We'd have to give up the entire farm and air all the livestock on it well, to, to the, to Seattle for this trade. To make Drew, it has,
2: Drew has earned the right to retire when he's ready to retire. Okay. That is a very important point. And I think that he knows that. I think the team knows that. Nobody's pushing him, even though I think there are people who are going, all right, Drew, this may be the time to go ahead and focus on your second career, your next phase. We, I have. I don't think anyone has the right to say that. I don't care what you pay for your season tickets. I don't care what media member you are. It's garbage. He can make that decision on his time, particularly Within the next two weeks. And I'm going
1: to tell you this, I, this, I will put my name on. I can guarantee you, if Drew made a decision to retire, the team is already aware of it. He is not holding them hostage. Like I keep seeing this tweet online. Drew is not holding the team hostage. They are aware. Believe me, decisions that I'm not going to go into on the show right now that were made previously, with players of the team, the team is always usually aware of what's going on. I can promise you with the close relationship that Drew Reese and Sean Payton has, the respect with Mickey Loomis and Drew Reese and Sean Payton, there's no way. And like I said, I will put my name on this, that they do not know what his plans are. If he's planning to retire, they're already aware of it and making plans just because we don't know about it doesn't mean it's not happening behind the scenes. And think of
2: the bargaining chip that you have. Okay, we're talking about that quarterback carousel that's out there. But if the Saints are in a position where nobody really knows what they do, then they can figure that out right under the radar and they're not in that game. It is very well possible that Drew wanted to announce his retirement at the end of the season and was asked not to. That is a possibility as well because it allows the Saints to fly under the radar of this uncertainty
1: exactly there's more
2: certainty exactly
1: on, i've had friends i've had friends of players and players wives i've been friends with and friends of friends and i've in that circle over the years have told me things that go on behind the scenes that the fans and in the media really don't have a clue up they only tell us what they want us to find out so Please stop with the tweets about Drew doesn't need to come back. Drew needs to retire. Drew is holding us hostage. It's not fair what he's doing. Believe me, the, the respect, the mutual respect between all of the parties in the front office, coaches, trainers, and Drew is there. Like you would not believe. And and if there's any decision that's been made, he's already made the team aware unless he literally was to pull a Brett Favre last second and decide to unretire and, he wouldn't I don't think he would do that to them. I really
2: don't. I, yeah, don't. I, I don't think he would either. I think he knows the path he wants to be on. And Drew Brees has earned the right to make that decision, particularly in this town. He brought us the one thing that we never thought we'd see in our lives. And and Drew made this team not only a Super Bowl winner, but he made him he made it a perennial contender. And that is something that real Saints fans who showed up prior to 2006 Mm -hmm. know is the darn truth.
1: And just keep this fact in mind for the last four seasons, the Saints have had the best overall record of any team in the NFL. Drew Reese. Yes. Was injured this season. He was injured last season and we still wound up in the playoffs. Yes. Towards the end. It did not. The, the season did not conclude the way we'd like to, but he was injured. Michael Thomas was injured. A lot of our players were injured and need surgery and are playing hurt. Last season, uh, you know, Drew was out for a couple of games, came back. I mean, please keep that in mind when you start criticizing everything that's going on, yeah. because the last four seasons, Saints have the best record in well, the NFL. Let me mention that doesn't happen
2: without Drew Brees. Not not to mention the fact. That not only did you have to beat an NFL team three times and the team that went on to win the Super Bowl, but you had to beat Tom Brady three times, who has proven his worth in this league and his value. And I'm sure that Drew Brees and Tom Brady both understand their position in the history of this league. All of this other talking and nonsense, and Tina, this is why I let the sleeping dogs lie, because all of this other stuff just doesn't matter and quite frankly a lot of that conversation is from fans who came along when this team after this team went through its terrible period and we all remember what it was like we will never we could fall back that far at some point but as long as we've got sean payton at the helm we've got gail benson that's really leading the charge I am not concerned about the future of this team. I'm not
1: either. If we have a rough rough season or two, that's it's part, it's part of what happens when you lose a caliber of player, like we would be losing with drew people don't realize this in that playoff game. If drew would have been hundred percent, if Michael Thomas would have been healthy, if Murray would have been playing, if Hill would have been in there, Trey Hendrickson, Patrick Robinson, I believe we would have beat the Bucs if we would have been healthy, but we were not a healthy team going into that game. So, and I mean, yeah, I might sound like a Homer, but I'm just saying we weren't hundred percent in that game. It showed on the field that we didn't play well at
2: all. We shot ourselves in the foot. It's over
1: move on to the next season. But it I mean, happens. And, and it I got, happens.
2: You know, we were talking about the Bucks and how they, they won the game. They go on. And of course, there was some news that the Bucs had wanted to put that billboard over by the Superdome saying we shut out. down. And I'm going <laughs> and they got shut down. And I said, and somebody asked the question. They said, would that bother you? And I said, it doesn't bother me in the least. Number one, do we really care that much about the Bucs? They're a division opponent, but. We've always had, I think, a fairly friendly relationship, number one. Number two, the only reason we have done that in the past, we've done it to one team, and we will continue to do it to that that same team for the rest of our history. That is our
1: rival. That that really shocked me, to be honest with you, because the Bucs didn't have a very passionate franchise prior to Brady being signed, so that was the first thing that shocked me. But of course, then they won the Super Bowl, and the bandwagon got literally you know flowing and the wheels are falling off
2: well those guys were bored they were hockey
1: fans up until last
2: year so but
1: what really got me is like why do you want to start a beef with us when when there isn't one we're saints fans are cool and this is no and you can ask anybody in Atlanta and if they they're an honest person they're going to tell you when Falcons fans come here we treat them with respect we are hospitable we show them a good time because we want them to come back and enjoy the city yeah we beef back and forth we make jokes and stuff but we don't we don't mistreat any of our fans like some of the instances that have happened with saints fans in other cities and other teams visiting other cities Some of those stories, you don't hear those in New Orleans because that's not how we are. That's not how we were raised. That's not how we treat. Not on as wide
2: of a scale. We still got our share of fans that need to be punched in the mouth. So
1: in saying that, it's like, well, okay, so now you want to start a beef with Saints fans when we don't have one
2: with you. But it's because they don't have a rival. Who's their rival? nobody. (laughs) Exactly. They want a rivalry so bad. They want to have that bitter back and forth. And what
1: makes me so sad is they have this beautiful stadium. Tampa is a beautiful city. And when, 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 when Tom Brady retires and when Drew Brees retires and years down the line, we're going to be looking back Saints fans are still going to be selling out the zone tailgating, you know, there's going to be lines for training camp tickets and the Bucks fans are going to be off that bandwagon back to
2: support be back to the hockey team. Yes, exactly. Fast.
1: So. Y'all, don't focus on if you're a Bucks fan. Look, we'll chat all day. We're cool, but but don't spend your money and time and energy trying to to dog us. When enjoy the two years that you're gonna have with Brady, because once he's gone, you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna feel like we feel right now with this uncertainty of like what's gonna happen with our team. So enjoy it while it lasts, because I'm gonna tell you the ride is only there for so long. That's why to me NFL has always meant. Not for long because you never know what's gonna happen in the league. It changes constantly. Players that we're talking about today, quarter, not just quarterbacks, but other players. JJ Watt, no longer a Houston Texan. So enjoy the ride with the players you have. Enjoy it while you can. And don't look no disrespect, but we didn't want that in our town. We we're just Business owners, they knew. They said, "We're not going to do that. You don't mess with the Saints. You don't mess with New Orleans. It's disrespectful. It's not cool. Save your money and donate it. I think I saw they're going to donate it to
2: uh, Bruce Arians' charity, which I think is amazing. I think that's a great idea. And look, props to those guys for doing that, and props to them for trying to create that rivalry and make it something that it, it hasn't been. I still like the Bucs. I love going to Tampa. I love going to Raymond James Gorgeous Stadium. The cool city. It's the coolest thing when that cannon goes off and all of the things that go along with it. And it's a beautiful city. However, they are not as passionate about the Buccaneers as they are about the Lightning. And I, and that's just the reality. And then when you're at Ray J and you turn around and you see the Yankees spring training, that's what they're all going to right now. They're going to spring training. They're not even worried about football past this week, but Man. I still commend them on their Super Bowl win, on the fact that they are trying to celebrate it, create a rivalry. Tampa Bay, I ain't mad at you, baby. I'll still be right back. <laughs> and speaking of beautiful cities, I love New
1: Orleans. I love our festivals. We talk about all the events that are going on that amp up after Mardi Gras is over with, and we've got another really cool thing. Sham rock your block. Never heard of it, right?
0: That's it's because one, I
1: mean. it is, it is St. Patrick's day season for us. We we normally have our parades and we decorate and we have all the different uh, beer pub things going on, a uh, beer runs going on. And of course with COVID this year, it's not happening, but they found a way to take a play on the house floats And now go online. I shared it on our Facebook page. I shared it on Twitter. It's a company uh, and and a group that was out of Chicago, actually. And they called called it to come together. And now it's called Shamrock or Blocks. And what they're doing is they're decorating houses for St. Patrick's Day. So this crew of house floats has just taken off in ways and branched off bigger than they probably ever could have imagined, which I think is just so cool. I, I love the idea. I think it's going to draw people to get out and go take a look at those houses. I, there's a Facebook group. They said within like a couple of hours, they had a couple hundred members wanting to participate. So I, I absolutely love it. I think it's awesome. You can take a drive or a bike ride because the weather is absolutely beautiful here in, in New Orleans this time of the year and go check out those houses that are going to participate. So go, go on Facebook. It's Shamrock, our block, Nolan. They have a Facebook group and a Facebook page if you're interested in participating or if you just want to go take a tour of the houses. I just thought that it was awesome. I wanted to share it with you guys.
2: One of the cool things about this concept is you think about Mardi Gras and there are a couple of cities that really have familiarity with Mardi Gras. We talk about Galveston. We talk about Mobile. There's some real familiarity. However, so many cities across this country celebrate St. Patrick's Day almost in similar ways that we do with some differences. The parades are probably a bit different on our end. However, it is more of a spring kickoff celebration that we have for Mardi Gras. And so there's a lot of people across the country that that had participated even in the house floats. And now they're taking that concept, turning it into the St. Patrick's Day thing. And it really resonates with people nationally more than the house float Mardi Gras connection did because St. Patrick's Day is something that's bigger than New Orleans. It's You're not right, just when I, a local
1: holiday. When I first saw that article, I thought for sure that was someone from Louisiana that came up with that I- idea. And it it was a group out of Chicago. And I said, wow, I said, that's right. impressive because that's probably where they got the idea was from what we did with the crew house floats here in New Orleans. And I, I'm going to give you a little background of history, something cool you might, might or not n- know about. Do, are you familiar with Foco's Bar in Metairie at all?
2: Of course, yes.
1: Okay. So my dad was really good friends with Mr. Joe growing up. And every year for St. Patrick's Day, he always had a celebration. I don't know if you remember that. They had uh-uh. bands and crawfish and they do shrimp po' boys. And it was like a huge, huge thing. It was usually the Thursday or, or Friday right before um, St. Patrick's Day. Well, my dad's band played at Mr. Joe's quite a few times. My dad was really good friends with Mr. Joe, So for St. Patrick's Day, that was like a big thing. Like my mom and dad would take me out of school. I'd get to go see my dad and his band play at Mr. Joe's and hang out, eat some great food and just enjoy the festivity. So St. Patrick's Day was huge for me growing up, probably almost as much as, as Mardi Gras was. Because of that family thing that we always did. It was like, it was just a cool thing. I didn't get to see my dad play a lot because, you know, being young, I I can't go in a bar, but that was one thing every year I looked forward to getting to go do is because Mr. Joe had the setup all outside and it was just, it was such a family fun event. And of course you you had the parades and everything, but it just so great. And, And that every year I think about that when, when St. Patrick's day is rolling around, I think about that. It brings back a memory of my dad. So
2: that's a, that's a cool memory. You know, I, I, I talk about so many of the great pubs that we have here and the Irish pubs have really been almost hidden gems for so long. And, and Falco's is the perfect example of that. It's a, it's been there for what 60 years something along that long, long? time 70 long years time. it's been there forever and it's a place that not a lot of people know about but if you know about those celebrations and that it has really got that 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 Irish pub feel to it it's a great place to go and it's smack
1: dab in a neighborhood yeah so it's not it's not on a major it's not on like veterans on a major road or an airline it's it's smack dab in a neighborhood it's a neighborhood bar that's how it started but those are the best ones honestly
2: those are the best the the best
1: foods and the best service and like I said my dad Mr. Joe were really good friends growing up so I mean he was always over there playing but that was like I said that was an event that I'll always remember and at this time of year every year I, I think about that and I even have an old shirt it's green it's got a clover it's very faded says focus bar on it but my dad gave that to me and it's 20 something years old
2: (laughs) but I kept it I kept it It can't be that old
1: it yeah. it is. My dad's been gone. My dad's been gone twenty one years. That is so, yeah, amazing it is. when you think it, about it. Right? It is. I lost him when I was really young. So, and I think about him all the time. And he's the reason why I love New Orleans and music so much. Growing right. up, you know He demonstrates.
2: It. He demonstrates the piece of New Orleans we all want to hold on to. That yes. that real connection to the soul that exists in this city. That he is had stories what you can't find elsewhere. Look, there's and, music and there's food everywhere. But the soul is something sacred that that isn't elsewhere.
1: And speaking of food, we have something really exciting coming up and you only have six days left to get your orders. The New Orleans Greek Festival, the spring version of the Greek Festival is March 20th. It's a little bit different, obviously, because of COVID. So it's a drive through. It's a drive through. The food is incredible, though, if you've ever had an opportunity to go out there. Absolutely. Order your food. I shared the links on Facebook and Twitter today. I'll share them again. If you have any questions, let me know. But it's March 20th. You have until this Sunday to pre-order your plates. The meals are all online on that link. And like I said, I will share it again tomorrow and probably through the weekend. So that way everybody can get their orders in. But man, if you've ever went out there, the food is just absolutely incredible. The prices are good. And you're supporting a local event that is abbreviated. That isn't what we normally can do. So if you get a chance, go look online order some good food. It's March 20th, drive through, great event, city loves it. And I'm, ex- I'm, I'm excited to see these things coming back. I'm excited to see people changing the way that they're doing it and we're able to still have them. Hopefully this point next year, we'll actually have the festival we'll be, because we'll be back
2: to it. That's today,
1: Louisiana has moved into, well, not say that today, it was announced today, tomorrow, officially that Louisiana will enter phase three, which means restaurants can have 75% capacity. Bars can have 25% indoors. And if the positivity rate stays where it's at, we will be at 50%, which means live music can come back inside now. And that's great for all our bands. Huge.
2: That's huge. I I tell you last weekend, I had a really cool experience. Went out to a little bar in Metairie just on a Thursday night. And there was a, uh, there was band playing that normally plays down at the famous door on Bourbon street. And they were just, they were set up under a tent. Everybody was, there was, there was probably 12 people there, not a big group and everybody was distanced and everything else. But They were just playing, and it was kind of an unplugged set. Two guys, two fantastic guitar players, a fantastic singer, and they were just going back and forth playing some of the same type of stuff that you would hear on Bourbon Street, and it was really a cool experience, and it made me realize how much we all miss those experiences. Mm. We're looking forward to them. I promise you, more than anywhere else in in the country, if not possibly the world We're and i saw
1: your picture and that made me really excited because i know that our service industry and our musicians they 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 this is the time when they really make a lot of money. And this is the time when people are normally coming here and they're, they're not having that. So to be able to see them be able to perform, even if it's just, you know, one, one night a week, that's where we were months ago. It didn't happen when I went to uh, ruin brew in Ponchatoula a couple weeks back. And I talked about it on the show. When I went to Barrytown farmer's market, I absolutely love the food at ruin brew. They had a guy there with his guitar played played a couple of uh, songs finished a set. It just, it was great to just, and it was outside. They have a beautiful outside patio. I'm seeing a lot of restaurants and bars start to adapt to do that. And I think that's something we're going to continue to see too, just because here we can enjoy the weather outside all the time. Right. So I'm glad to see live music's coming back. If you have a band or a, or a favorite singer, or performer that you know, that's got a show coming up since now we're moving into phase three, definitely hit us up online and let us know. We'll, we'll help promote them. We'll even get them on the
2: show because we're, you know who's playing a bunch of shows right now. I just got to mention adam pierce is getting out there adam pierce is a new, is a local new orleans guy he's a rock singer guitar player he's got a voice like robert plant and he's just absolutely man he was he was the runner up he was the first runner up on america's got talent and he's a local guy he's out there performing if you see him come anywhere around you go see him support the guy he's absolutely fantastic to watch in person I know it's like Robin Barnes, who's who's very well
1: known here in New Orleans. I wow. love her voice. She's such a unique sounding voice. She's been doing like porch concerts and posting them on her social media accounts. And I've been enjoying watching them. And I mean, Robin's one, I know that she's performed all over the city for different events. So she's found a way to adapt to be able to do it. Kind of like what uh, Fred and Cowboy Mouth did a couple of weeks ago when they had their online concert. Yep. So I think we're going to still continue to see that, but it's nice for them to be able to get out and the people can actually go and enjoy them places and, you know, get paid and get tips. And of course we get to keep them all in business. So I appreciate that. That's them. right. And it keeps so, on rolling. So. Before we wrap the show, I promised all our listeners about my crawfish bread recipe because we are getting into the heart of crawfish season. Prices are going to start dropping. We had a little increase in price. They're coming back down. The good thing is I can tell you from everything that I've seen at different restaurants, posted online and my friends going to get them because they're indulging in them now is that they're nicely sized. We're getting, you know, some of the meat medium and medium-sized crawfish now they look really good we just need to get the prices down so i'm going to share the crawfish bread recipe online it is so super easy and absolutely delicious if you've ever went to any of the festivals jazz fest or even the jewelry show that's in the convention center there's a local bakery cartoza bakery here that's known for making really good crawfish bread but i mean if you want to try it at at home which we all have become kind of semi professional cooks at home i'm going to share that crawfish bread recipe with you the prices come down down, go pick you up, bowl a sack of crawfish,
2: take the leftovers and make some crawfish, brine. Right? Right, Jeff. <laughs> That's that is the best way Good. to do it. I'm telling you, I'm gonna look at this recipe. And I, I look for my comments on it. I'm going to yes. critique it very strongly. I had somebody one of our listeners email
1: me about my cheesy tater recipe and said he made it for his wife. And she absolutely loved it. And it, they were really nervous. Because they thought it was more complicated than what it really was, but it's not. It's so simple. And they absolutely loved it. And I love hearing that from y'all. So please, if you ever hear us talking about any of our recipes on the show, Ask questions, hit us up. If you've got a recipe that you want us to try, I'll gladly do it. I'll take a photo. I'll do the review online, share it on our social media pages. I'm all about trying new stuff. I'm not one of those ones that's not afraid. There's only a few things I won't try, but mostly not. So I want to thank everybody again for joining us. I'm Tina at The Nola Girl. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And also you can find Floors Truly. We have our official Instagram account, we're also on Facebook now. It's Floors Truly Podcast. And you can hit us up on Twitter. And Jeff, tell everyone where they can find you online as well.
2: Well, I'm on the Twitter at the Nola Rola. You can find me there. And of course, if you go on Facebook and you go to the Floors Truly podcast page, if you can't find me, like I keep saying, you just doing something wrong, baby. So
1: everybody have a fabulous week, and we're going to see you next Tuesday on Floors Truly.
2: See you then.